Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that would gladly try a slice of pizza salad, but only with vegan cheese. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we continue our lark into laughter as we breathe through labor pains and deliver the demonic horror comedy that is 2013's Hell Baby. And whether you are expecting or not, you can tune into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your po'boy hole. I was wondering where you are going to go with that, and already I'm craving a baguette. I know. We'll get to that. Uh, but, you know, whether you are a bread eater or not, uh, you can follow our dough out on social media. We are on, that made no sense, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Don't. Junk. There it is, much appreciated. And we are on uh, Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face that we have a little events tab, which leads to shenanigans, cyber shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing a day into where we normally would have on the 22nd here on the 23rd, mm-hmm. if you are listening to this right when it releases, you can probably get caught up, but we're going to be doing a little thing called a Shutter Shoutout Double Feature. Mm-hmm. And if you've never heard of this before, uh, what is that there, Genius? Ooh. So you click, you go to the Screenland Patreon, you click on the link that they send you, and then there's a pre-show. And then after the pre-show, we're there live right in front of you, live previously recorded. Almost um, as if we were hosting in your home? Correct. Like we're like personal we're your private hosts right that's and a different tier there we go that's the squiddly diddly that is um that's <laughs> and so then we lead you to the links for these two movies and then we come back after with another link and then there's some yakety smack and we post discussing and we talk about all kinds of good stuff and we're gonna have some live tippity type waiting for you right over there so we'll be chatting along and typing along if you're listening if not you had everybody had a great time. It's exactly it was wonderful. And for those of you who are out there and know the reason why we're a day late, I just wanted to say thank you. It really meant a lot to me. And yes, we'll, no. But right now we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Okay, that is totally fair. That is totally fair. But no, in fact, but if you know, ultimately, if you're listening to this a day later and you're not a dollar short, uh, because the next time we do a shutter shout out will be on June sixth. Mm-hmm. And as we are launching here into the summertime month, we thought we'd do a summer of what? Summer of slashers. And I do believe both of these films that we're going to be streaming on Shudder. They're going to be, I've seen that for me. Well, I'm, one of them I'll say I've seen that, but the other one, like, no, I've never even heard of this movie. What the fuck are you talking about? So I'm the same way. One isn't I've seen that, one I've seen. We are going to be streaming uh, from 1984. The Mutilator, mm-hmm. which has one of the all-time great taglines. Fall break. And an intro song. Uh, seek that one out. And then we're going to follow that up with one that, and this is one that I've seen that, but from 1988, Amsterdam. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I saw the trailer and I'm like, what? And I, this one is coming from a recommendations from the Shockwaves podcast. Uh, but if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, all you have to do is join the Screenland film family, and you can do that at patreon.com slash Screenland. And that's the only, that's the tip of the tier. There are so many other yeah. things to entice you to get engaged with them. And if that's not your your thing, no worries. There's but, more stuff too. Oh yeah, and if you you know if you don't want us hosting films for you, but you want to see some movies, 
ScreenlandOnline.com, mm-hmm. a number of films that you can rent virtually, but an- that's just a number of ways that you can help our film family. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things on there. Absolutely. And speaking of Patreon and film family. Hey, pallies. It's time for a little Patreon shout out here. Again, we it only took us 200 some odd episodes. Uh-huh. But here in the month of May, we have launched our exclusive content at Patreon. We initially talked about our um, experience screening Swallow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and strangely enough, that was the, the weekend where... Everyone's that's when everything kind of shut down, yeah, which was a strange time. And that also, a little series I've been doing called I've Seen That, where I'm doing these little 10 15 minute reactions to movies I'm watching for the first time. Uh, but one of the things that we always talk about, um, regarding Panic Fest, we say Panic Fest, you make uh, memories, absolute memories, and not only memories, though, if you're really lucky. You make friends, uh-huh. and it is one of these friends ultimately that we're going to talk about here that we met through Panic Fest, and it's really funny because technically, this particular friend has actually been on the show, unbeknownst to us technically. Mm-hmm. And you probably know him through Panic Fest. Absolutely, go back to our Werewolves episode uh-huh. because we were recording in the vendor loft at Panic Fest. And the vendor loft is where you get to have all the really great local artists come together and show their wares. And he is a great local artist. And a thing that I love about the Panic Film Festival that is very diverse. Uh-huh. We've got our friends from Rotten Rentals. We have our friends from uh, 3B Video, uh, uh, 1313 Mockingbird Lane, all of that. But ultimately, the artist. And yeah, this one here, I knew him beforehand and it was one of those things that he eventually is like, hey, I actually listened to the show. And you know how we're, we are. We're both like, get out of town. Nobody listens to the show. <laughs> but as it turns out, we do have a particular, uh, Michael Schultz, a little shout out here. Again, apparently you can hear him giggling in the werewolves episode uh-huh. in the background. Werewolf orgy. <laughs> because we were recording in the vendor loft right before Panic Fest. And my, this shows you the dedication. He was there really early setting everything up. Mm-hmm. Or he was stalking us, potentially. <laughs> this is it, man. I got tickets to the werewolf orgy. <laughs> no, but seriously, go check out his stuff. It's rat. It's like the face of Panic Fest. Like his variants of the Panic Fest cat and the Illuminati. Yes. Rat is shit. He does have an Etsy shop that you can check that out. And uh, just go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Michael Schultz Design. In fact, Etsy Michael Schultz Design will take you right there. You can pick up that particular Panic uh, Panic Fest print, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's got some awesome little patches and stickers as well. The werewolf one is one of my favorites, appropriately. Yeah. Were- <laughs> werewolf orgy. But definitely a way to help support local artists that have helped support Panic Fest, that have helped support, therefore, Screenland, everyone in our film family. Thanks, Pally. So thank you, Michael, for being part of that. So if that's something you'd be interested in, some of the content, a little shout out, promote your wares. You can do that over at patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it's necessary to plug and promote it. And it's great because we get to talk about people that are helping us. Yeah. But I always still feel weird about promoting stuff on the show because if you're listening, you're listening. If you're not, you're not. But again, if you can't join Patreon and you're listening, you're still, you're totally a member of the film family. And you know what? If you like us, you'll probably like the stuff that we like. So if oh. we like it, then yeah. And speaking of stuff that we like, this is going to be our fourth film here in the month of May where we've been exploring horror comedies. Mm-hmm. And I can a say- jam. Very much your jam. And I can safely say two pieces to that jam, the first two episodes, have been very firmly in the horror comedy vein. Last week's episode with Once Bitten 
I had to really kind of defend for the most part because it's 99% comedy, 1% horror, let's face it. And then with Hatchet 2, I felt the need you, to defend. Which was so strange to me, but I understand. Right. I understand the notion. Well, yeah. <laughs> which leads us to the tonight's film because I think it lands squarely more on the comedy side mm-hmm. than oh, horror. But when but, the horror hits, it hits the trope. It's not to the point of repossessed, which has not held up. I'm glad I didn't put that in my trailer reel for this one. That would have been pretty easy to do for the most part. But before we really, uh, before we start delivering on Hell Baby, I want to kind of look at the pedigree of the film. Yeah. And it starts with the writing, directing duo of Ben Garrett and Thomas Lennon. If those... They're that guy. If you don't know, if you don't know the names, you know the faces. If you've seen a show called Reno Nine One One, you know who they are. Just new boot goofing, right? If you've seen one of my personal favorites growing up, The State. There are so many entryways into their comedy. Yeah. Some people may know them from uh, Viva Variety. Viva Variety. Some might know them from A Night at the Museum. Yes, As exactly. the Wright Brothers, even though they wrote and directed a couple of Some them. Some might know their book that is built around how you put together these kind of blockbusters, so to speak, because they're, t- they're so tuned in. But the fact that they have been going and producing comedy for so many years. From the humble roots of Barry and Levon. Oh yeah. I think it's time for two hundred and forty dollars worth of worth pudding. pudding. Oh yeah. How do we get that pudding? Shh. Don't you worry to your head. Oh yeah. Okay, let's start there. Let's start there. <laughs> Horror is subjective. Uh-huh. Would you agree? Absolutely. What is scary to some is scary to not scary to others. Comedy as well. Comedy is Super subjective. more subjective. <laughs> Super subjective. And we often talk about how, you know, if you throw out uh, horror quotes and people pick up on it you found your people mm-hmm. and so to speak same thing with comedies uh, growing up I remember being exposed to Monty Python for the first time and not getting it immediately I understood the silliness and I liked the silliness but the the smarter jokes went right over my head right especially like in Life of Brian or like watching the show because the show came on again in that era of MTV when they would show uh just say Julie and Liquid Tel uh, not Liquid Television Remote Control Remote and Monty Control. Python skits like the Flying Circus right and so like yeah you're like some of it's funny some of it I don't get well and it's, there were, there was almost like a discipline with some of the comedy where it would get maybe get better with time yeah. potentially or the older you got the more made the sense the references made almost like with uh, Kids in the Hall for mm-hmm. the most part where I drag is always funny but there were certain jokes that whether they were absurd or not crushing your head ridiculous i've got a cabbage for a head right sometimes the lowest common denominator but also kind of intelligent Mm -hmm. where it's like the holy trinity of rock and roll Uh, uh, uh. it 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 rides that delicate balance ultimately right and what's funny with that is i had many friends that were really good friends of mine that hated the kids in the hall i had a lot of friends that i loved near and dear that i would engage with them a lot they hated monty python and ultimately, in the mid-90s, when I also came across the state, I instantly loved it. But I had a lot of my friends are like, that is the dumbest, right? most right. immature <laughs> dreck. There's this what? guy running around talking about wanting to dip his balls and stuff. And next time, from now from now to the end of time, whenever I'm like, if somebody goes, Baba Ganoush, I want to dip my balls in it. So to give you some context, when I watched the movie... Afterwards, I went into a state hole, a state sketch hole, if you will. 
and I it is our podcast, and I'm hijacking it for a second to talk about. I'm not going to say the brilliance of the state because it was very brief for the most part. The but, shining, the brightest stars burn oh, out quick. But the material from this that for me is a call and response kind of thing. I'll just start with the first one. And there are certain, we talk about our love of soundtracks, of music cues, mm-hmm. where they're forever tied with movie moments. For me, dun, 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 dun. I'm looking Holy for pants. I cannot listen to the breeders, the cannonball, without, without thinking of pants. Just walking down the street with new taking pants. A, going to take a bite out of the pants. <laughs> yeah. The state was so absurd in many ways. So wacky. It was so ridiculous, but at the same time, though, I'm not going to say it was. It was smarter. You know, it was smarter than you really thought it was. But I also understand why people didn't get it. But man, it made such sense to me when I started watching that. That was monkey torture. Barry Lutz here with the Barry Lutz show. show. <laughs> Hi, I'm Barry Lutz. So it's, it's, and it it's psychological been monkey torture. If it wasn't for my buddy. I'm so sorry, anyone out there at this point. Who I realize know now. What this is. They're probably like, who the fuck are these two old I really wanted about? ultimately to talk about my favorite sketches, but it's impossible not to start quoting them. Right. And the Barry Lutz show, I think, is the, the pinnacle of that because it plays as it's Michael Ian Black playing. And this is back before he was Michael Ian Black when it that wasn't a. His shtick wasn't as Michael Ian Black. It wasn't refined. Yes, it was. This, this is literally like Reno Nine One One Raw. It is, and that and that's where I think everyone knows them from. We'll give that a little bit of love, but oh, I'm going to give Reno Nine One One love too because I since because of this state, I will actively seek them out, seek out their projects and shenanigans, all of them. Did you hear about this really weird roommate situation? Uh, I believe it was the Jew, the Italian, and, and the red-headed gay. gay. They all live together on Avenue A. They all see the world in their own way. The Jew, the, the Italian, Italian, and the red-headed gay. Uh, again, my apologies, gang. Um, Doug. I'm out of here. Doug and Dad and the fact that... You, You're Doug and I'm Dad and I'm out of here. You mean Uncle Robert? No, he's not dead. It's so good. The hormone sketch. So good. Um, we did Barry Lutz. Okay, let's end. I've got two more here. Two more. The most absurd one is, again, we already went into it, but Barry and Levon, Sagittarius, the oh yeah, the $240. Puddin'. We had the 240 We had to get the puddin'. So weird, so absurd. Mr. Boucher, come on in. I remember that was, it closed out, I think, maybe their first episode ever. And that's when I truly knew I just embraced their absurdity. Yeah. It was was so silly. The fact that they had this really weird mound of, I don't know what it was, if it was $240 for the pudding. Just this glob of just stuff. And they're in these crushed velvet suits. Looking fly. It is so ridiculously stupid. That's what I need to look like when Disco of the Dead comes back. I'll go with Barry Laban with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'll just get like a little cart and carry $240. More like $24. We'll just put like a gloop over a drum or something. We'll cook and then we'll chill, man. That's that's how you do it. You cook. (laughs) And lastly, the last one, you already touched upon it, but Louie. You Uh, have a total standout character Mm -hmm. that you need in a sketch comedy, ultimately. You know, if the skate had gotten big, Louie would have probably been the first one that had his, like, movie. movie. Yeah, Louie the movie. Dipping his balls and everything. In 3D, I'm going to dip my balls in your 
Nice. You know, and like that would be it. Like a Thomas Lennon movie. My love of Ken Marino knows no bounds right? between when he, again, I'm, I can't remember who we were talking. I believe it was Abby mentioned that he did show up in the first season of Angel. We'll gear this back to horror. The um, funniest thing that I seen was, um, did you ever see the one where you're like, get the man a grape soda, Carl? You're pissing the customers customer off. off. And like, and Carl, John. How many times do I have to tell you? Oh my God, it's the owner. And it's Ken Marino with a mustache with the blow dart. (laughs) If you do not know what we're talking about, seek it out. I think a lot of them are on YouTube. You know what? I actually saw a couple of state episodes recently because I just went down down in a state hole again. Like what we're talking about. I think they hold up. I do too, but I'm afraid we have that horrible lens of nostalgia. Right, right. Because like... But if that's not your thing, if that's too raw for you, it was definitely fine-tuned into Reno 911. Mm-hmm. It just the absurdity of the characters, the they, the fact that they embrace everything. That's the one that did get the movie. Yeah, ultimately, absolutely. And that's the one I think everyone knows of. Our friend Brandy looks just like Weigel. I mean, one. She does the most amazing cosplay, and the fact that she actually does work for a sheriff's department. It's mwah. exactly. Little shout out to her and Mike over at Attack of the Killer podcast. Give them a little love while we're at it. Um, but now, then, then that's a little bit of the pedigree. There's another side to the absurd comedy, the absurd comedy that we get here. A more like a, the next generation of the state. Yes, from the state and Thomas Lennon and Ben Garrett, you get the demented minds like Rob Corddry, mm-hmm. Leslie Bibb, the Children's Hospital Gang, uh-huh. the uh, Paul Sheard, the uh, Ron Human Hub- Giant Group. Yes, mm-hmm. Ron. Uh, I always want to call him Hubble. Um, Rob Hubel. Rob Hubel. Yeah, that crew, and again, another group of comedians that Absurdity. I know. And I know a lot of people that uh, people I enjoy company with, even nowadays, they don't like their humor, mm-hmm. and I get it. But for those that get it, it's wonderful. Yeah, Children's Hospital is so weird, wonderfully weird. And you, if you guys know the show, we've talked about Killer Clowns before. Again, we're getting back into horror, but Genius is one again. Clowns, not, not a deal, deal breaker. breaker, dude. I'm down with the clown. So, but the fact that he works at the children's hospital and he's like, I'm just trying to make the children happy and laugh. Meanwhile, he just looks terrifying and menacing. Just a blood splattered clown. It's so much fun. And again, so absurd. And I talk at the absurdity of where this film comes from. Because it makes sense when you watch this movie. But this is an, I've, I can't even say ultimately, you know what? If someone would ask me, Greg, have you seen Hell Baby? I'll go, oh. The one with uh, some of the guys from the state and the little demonic. Yeah, I've seen that. You know what I'm ultimately thinking about? Hmm. Bad Milo. Yeah. Not Hell Baby. But I knew enough of this. But we had a chance. We just, before we started recording, I didn't watch the trailer beforehand. Uh, In fact, I put together a trailer reel of Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, and, oh shit, what was my middle one? Anyway, can't remember right now. But we watched the trailer beforehand. Had I watched the trailer before I watched it the first time, I would have maybe not enjoyed it as much as I did. It's it tells a different story. It only the trailer focuses only on one aspect of the story, and there's actually like a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different venues that this takes. There's like two or three main. There's two or three main stories, but there's a lot of goofiness that goes on in between. It's a it's crazy goofy, and it is a horror comedy Mm -hmm. ultimately. And it's, it's funny as shit. 
it's that's the thing. I needed this kind of laugh ultimately, and coming from the pedigree, knowing that who it was created by, I had a little bit of not anticipation, but you know, I knew what to expect. And there were moments in this film where I laughed out loud. I definitely disturbed Lola at the bottom of the bed. Uh, funnily, weirdly enough, though, there were moments that I was weirdly aware of not laughing and watching a scene continue and continue. Because that's the one thing. They are confident with their gags that they're going to ride them out. Right. They're, they're not quitters. No, they're not like, at all. They're we're dedicated. This is the hill we're going to die on. And I think that's fair. I mean, like, that's your joke. If either you get it or you don't. But I think overall it was more hits than it was misses with the comedy. Because there was literally an, a, a scene in there that was the epitome of the Simpsons rate gag. And that was the po' boy sandwich. Yeah, well, we'll get to that one. But I think the, the issue not necessarily is this is a movie that needed to be 84 minutes. But it was an hour and I think 40 Mm-hmm. And because ultimately it's a sketch stretched into an into a movie, yeah. which don't get me wrong, no. that worked. Look at Wayne's World. You know there are examples when it's done right, and I don't think this is done wrong. I should I should I love this film. I'm going to sound like I'm coming down on. No, I love this. It was such a great experience. Um, but if it's not your bag or your oh, humor, yeah, I can totally understand. You're like man. And like you said, some of the jokes don't work. But like even going back to the states, some of the skits, some of the skits oh, hit. Th- some of the skits didn't. Porcupine racetrack works for some, not so many <laughs> not others, so you know. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, the reason that this worked for me so much was the kind of the care and the craft of the characters and the cast. And just top to bottom, you had very funny people, but you allowed them certain levels of absurdity. And I think the secret weapon for me ultimately was the combo of Leslie Bibb and Rob Corddry, because Leslie once possessed, played it at such a wonderfully silly and absurd level. She played it as before she went full on demon. It was almost like a lifetime movie gone, gone wrong. wrong. You know, it was like the two hands that rocked the cradle. Cause she was sitting there just sitting there drinking wine. And she's like, looks 11 months pregnant, Smoking. right? Smoking. And then the wine, she goes, oh, I need to get another bottle. And she pulls out a bucket of paint thinner and just starts pouring it. And like, maybe you should cut back. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Go, 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 go. Her delivery of so many lines stood out to me. Just the physicality of her performance from the the just the absurdly large pregnant belly, just to everything she was doing in the background, she sold it. But as absurd as she was, Rob Corddry for me was the kind of the straight secret weapon. He was the absolute straight secret weapon. He was the he was the only one that was everyone well, everybody didn't play it straight. Everybody no. still played their character, but yeah. he was the one that was like, This is happening to me, and There's, why is this bullshit going down? Is why everyone is else so, aware? Why is everybody else so stupid? And why is this old lady trying to diddle me? So <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the best way to start on this one because it's um at this point, what, seven years old? So let's go just go we'll start with the cast. Yeah, let's keep going with the cast and then we'll go into that is, spoilers. Yeah, because this is one this is one go in blind. I would say go in blind. Be aware of who put it together. Yeah. But go in as blind as you Spe- can. Speaking of, uh Robert Garrett and uh, uh Thomas Lennon play priest with a pension for the boobies the boobies the boobies and and you know part of the game the, the swag bag <laughs> that whole thing with the swag bag just re- ridiculous anytime they get to throw on a silly accent the the girlies they do not show their boobies the, they the bear pa- their breasts the pa- and they glisten in the sun the brand new they take them out for the victory lap oh 
We're not getting a. Don't watch the trailer like that. We're going to if we start quoting, like turn us down if that's, you haven't seen. That's this. the funny thing I think with the horror comedies or anything comedy related is it is tough to talk about it not necessarily subjectively, but in a in a mannered way, structured way where you don't just start quoting everything. Right, because because it ultimately becomes a giggle fest, sadly, yeah. but. That's what I needed at that point was I needed a laugh and it was such a welcome wave of just warm energy. I needed that. Like it was cathartic. And again, horror and humor serve the same purpose. Yeah. And even if they're not bef- deftly balanced, because again, this is more comedy than horror. But when the horror elements hit though. They hit very well. Very I, well. I, I didn't mean, realize I needed to see Michael Ian Black crucified with his intestines hanging out. Barry Lutz. Over yeah. here and over there. That's how they cancel you, unfortunately. There we go. No, but when you know that when you see on the back uh, Thomas Lennon and Ben uh, Gary as priests, and you don't get a giggle, like you expecting like one of them to be driving a motorcycle and the other one in the sidecar, you know. But they come out partying and they like to party. Party priests. Party party priests. Party priests. And then again, going down to the cast, I'm trying to not spoil it, but then you have. The children's hospital gang coming in and uh from also what is it they called the uh, svu uh Don't, nci you're gonna go cross-eyed trying right. to spell it all out yeah so they come in with that well and as that's with paul Shear as cops as bumbling cops and sharing each other's name as well which i liked and that's rob hubel as well mm-hmm. and again they're cute it's so funny they start making fun of uh cordroy's character about being a phd student a smart a genius at einstein and uh, Shear starts ringing off, and I actually had it in my notes. He starts ringing off all these smart guys in a row. And there's a shot of Rob Hubel, and for some reason in my head, I was like, I guarantee right now he's going, shit, he's going through all the ones I'm thinking of. Like, I need to think of something. And literally, the scene is, he calls out, like, and calls him a Don Juan. Yeah. He's yeah. like, that doesn't make sense. He's That's like, I was lover. just, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, played a shrimp moment there, because I was like, knowing their style of humor, the fact that it was a literal gag, I was like, I like that. And then I like comes that. Back. All right, Voltaire. Ah, nice, ah, nice, had his little nice, his little nice. notation there. And then they played the good cop or the bad cop, worst cop. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I listen. I'm a big fan of How Did This Get Made. It is uh, the podcast with Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and um, oh good lord, TikTok man from John Wick. Who is that, Dustin? Uh, for, oh my God, why? Uh, He's in everything. Yes, um, Jesus Christ, Jason Mansukis. Thank yeah. you. Good lord, that was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> Oh, sick. He's, and he's been in everything too. Well, wrong IMDb here. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, playing for for Shrell. <laughs> it's spelled just how it sounds. He his whole gag of showing up as a jump scare. It was effect. Okay, so the first, first couple two times. of jump scares, the first couple of jump scares really worked for me. I mean, they were like they got me, and I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be a scary jump scary movie. But then it got sillier and sillier and sillier and sillier and sillier. But because that was his kind of gimmick, I started looking for the opportunity mm-hmm. when they were filming. I'm like, oh, I bet we get. So it became a fun little anticipation, right? And his just familiar. He was kind of like a Kramer esque character. Was he living actually in the crawl space oh, ultimately? Absolutely. Okay, he okay. was living in that house. The fact that he was so nonchalant about it too. It's like you know the the the, the realtor should have said, "I come with the house." Ultimately, right? Yeah. Uh, just the intimacy of it. The fact that he actually technically also is losing clothing as the film goes on. goes on. He's getting more familiar. He's stepping that line as we go on. And he's then, a habitual line, line stepper. stepper. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But he knows where all the good joints are at. <laughs> He's just—he's the guy that, and also old, uh, older erotica. 
They shout out the magazine We in this movie. That, oh you know, my it's god! When it's a We from the seventies, and they even make a mention. Ooh, cl- ooh la la. <laughs> uh, Camille, uh, Camille uh, Nanjani, mm-hmm. also in a just the cable guy basically An cameo cameo, but his uh, again not spoilers, but his exit is ridiculously was funny. Such a, I just giggled the whole entire time. Just just the way he did. Just oh, it was great. I'm trying to I think we should be able to get into spoilers. How 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 far are we in? We're 27 the... minutes in. Yeah, okay. Go for it. Yeah, go his, for it. His Listen, exit... this is this is technically streaming for free on Amazon right now. Yeah. Definitely so check, check it, it out. out. Definitely check it out. All right, back to the spoilerifics. When he starts going slow <laughs> so the character Ricky Lindholm, we'll get to her. Her character is introduced as the spiritual hippy dippy sister of Leslie Bibb. And it is a graphically full frontal shot for There's a very gratuitous full frontal scene that it didn't take me out of the movie because, but it was just I was not expecting that in this film. And this is a hard R film. Don't get yeah. me wrong. There's a lot of F, a different kind of F bomb from what's bitten. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's a hard R film. This is a weird movie because it's like, uh, it's exploitative, but it's not. It's violent, but it's not. It's funny, but it isn't. It's it's. I mean, it is. It's very funny, but it's it's just so all over the place. And then it's a. It has so many Simpsony rape gags because, like, with the full okay, frontal gratuity nudity, that goes on forever. It goes on for so long, and then you know, at first it's un, at first you're like, oh shit, giggles, giggles, jokes, and then like, okay, this is uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable for the character. I felt like and I was it, watching the Peep Show and Bloody Birthday. And I then, felt like I needed to give someone money. And then it gets funny. And yeah, then like yeah. and then it ends with a good joke. And then you're like, okay. I we like we it. traveled a long way for a long, awkward way to get to the goat joke. The po' boy scene. That I haven't laughed so hard at something <laughs> that stupid. And it was just at first, again, so they're sitting there, oh, you know, for 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 shallow, no, multiple people know of this po' boy joint. But and it <laughs> happens multiple times. But so they're like, oh, I know this great po' boy joint. And so they're sitting there and they're eating, and we watch them like gnarly eat for like a good three, four minutes. And it's just ridiculous. And it's ultimately one of those things that, much like the Simpsons rake gag, where it is funny, not funny, absurd, funny, not funny, absurd, next level. It made me hungry, ultimately. Absolutely. I was, again, I was craving a baguette. When they're dipping the hot sauce in the fry, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, potato chip bag, little things like that. The sound design also as well. <laughs> I'm not saying it was on the platform level, ultimately, obvio, but it was, it, it, worked, it worked pretty well on that. And then you lose your appetite, unless you are down with diddling old women. Oh, okay, we'll get to that. Um... The moment that this particular character comes up, the older lady, the the sh- the way it was shot, I thought she was like a specter in the window, like a ghost. Yes, yeah. I didn't realize she was a, just a person that just happens to be withered and completely naked all the time, and just sex craved, and just you know what I think she was. Uh, she's from the nursing home down the str- uh, down the way that everyone knows her though, so casual, and they're just fine with her being naked and buried alive. It and was Mrs. Noosebomb is the name, and rolling down on Pee Wee's bike and shit. It- ah! <laughs> the fact that she opens up her first shot, she's like in the shower, and she's doing like a with her tongue. Uh huh. And I remember I was like, I that kind of disturbed me. The first time I was like, did she really like ew? Then you realize it is a person. You go through that entirety of they think they kill her. The demon is starting taking over Leslie Bibb, and she's like, "No, we can just get rid of her." She's totally playing the devil on the devil of the the shoulder of him as the devil of you know. The, mm-hmm. It's so weird. And then the fact the fact that she's not dead, 
she comes out and she's even even like more spry and more like <laughs> the fact where they have to taste. See, and I had the and it was so bad. The fact that the fact that when I saw her, I was immediately reminded of Henrietta. Yeah. From Evil Dead Two, but like Henrietta that lost some weight, and then I was like, no, 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 it's the lady from The Shining mm-hmm, from the, the bathtub. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, but so gross. The, and it was just such a ridiculous scene. The every time she came on, you're both repelled or repelled. Yeah, repelled. Oh. Yes, repulsed, and you're just laughing because she's just so over the top with it. And it was played by a, a gentleman in full on. Like it was Alex Berg, so it was much much like how Ted Raimi in Evil Dead Two was a full on costume. Henrietta, but so gross and grotesque, and the fact that there's uh, the blowjob scene in here is just so gnarly and nasty. And it's, oh. it's not quite it's not quite Elmer, but you know, it's, <laughs> no, no, it's we can still pretty... maybe show this for a movie night potentially. Um, uh, and it's got gross out humor too. That whole vomiting scene again was like a like an, the anti po boy. Yes, very much so. The gag that really stuck with me, and I've been watching a lot of first-time movies um, that have ties to the church, to Christianity, to religion in some sorts, had a chance to watch uh, God Told Me To for the first time. Oh, yeah? Very much religious. I've seen that. Boyka, very much religious. Porno, surprisingly religious. And then ultimately... You gonna watch um, The Unholy? No, we're not. We'll get to The Unholy. <laughs> but ultimately, Hell Baby, also religious. So I've had a lot of first-time movies that have had this tie. So I've been seeing a lot of those. So when the Peace Be With You scene, when they come up, Peace Be With You, Peace Be With You, Peace Be With You, that tickled the Catholic funny bone that I forgot existed. It is 100% a Catholic thing, because I think growing up Catholic, you think that thought like, eh, eh, Peace eh, with you. Eh, Everyone eh. around you, and you're, you're 12, you're 3, you're 6, uh-huh. and you're 9, you know? Everybody, peace be with you, and also with you, and you as well, and you, and you, and you. It just—it was just—it made me so. It just made me laugh so hard. But when they came on and they were talking about, you know, the swag bag, you know, the the, the kind he were killed with an umbrella, the kind that you would get from the radio station DJ, and they just go into this graphic detail, and he goes, "Okay, I heard. No, 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 no. If you open the umbrella." And there's shoots of water everywhere. The the blood, it's gross. I appreciated their backstory. That they had the one, the tragic bullfighting they accident. Both the, they both had the, they're the best day of my life. <laughs> that whole extended scene was ridiculous. And then they tried to do the quid pro quo with the guy. No, we don't need to know. It's fine. Such very much a, it's just the more I look at this film, you totally see it is the, it's totally with their DNA. It is absurd. Mm-hmm. It is silly. There are some somewhat intelligent gags in there. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit. Absolutely. Lowest common denominator. There's fart gags in this, of course. A a, a lot of fart gags, actually. But I had fun with it, though, and I needed that. Um, The horror, when it hits, when we get to the titular Hell Baby, he plays wonderfully. Like the last 20 minutes of the movie comes to the final. And he's actually practical for the Mm -hmm. most part. And I think all they did for the most part was they just had a puppy that someone would put on their own hand. They had some because the, the facial expressions yeah, the, looked great. The puppetry of it, with, and the fact that they're over there trying to kill it and running around, and that was gags in, in itself. That it, I I love. You will never make me not laugh. The fact that um that you get that almost um thing esque Twitter that, did the, did the, the scurry, scurry scurry is scary, and it, just, it was like a demon tail slash umbilical cord and just like another more gross out stuff and passing. The, the past the pigs with the baby. Oh, the hot potato. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> go to Dead Alive, you know, where you have Lionel taking it all out on the baby kid. There's always room for that kind of humor, yeah. ultimately. No, I had 
fun with this movie. I, I needed that kind of laughter. The gore, I enjoyed. The fact that we get an homage to the Rottweiler showing up with the Omen. And they even had some rectus dominus. It checked off all the marks of what you need in a good like horror movie, like demon possession type movie. Um, yeah. Like I said, even though the Hell Baby was only in the last 20 minutes, it was more of like the journey was... and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on? Well, and then it's just how many sketches can we throw at this? And exactly. again, for a film like this, I think that's fine, especially considering where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I think a lot of people that worked on this, they didn't work for a lot of money. Ultimately, it was just coming Something together. Something fun to do. Hey, you want to film some jokes? Let's do it. And can we ha- Can we be in scenes at strip clubs? Yeah. Let's do it. Can we dress like priests? Even better! How about cops and priests in a nudie bar, drinking and smoking and fornicating? And you know, ultimately what that is, is that's just Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin from Cannonball Running 2. They're ex- exactly. Come on now, Pally, we gotta get to this race going on. You got it, babe. And then just like, they hop in the car. <laughs> we had a chance, and shit, this was almost four years ago anyway, to watch the Cannonball Run with a crowd. And I know it played well, but that was because there were a lot of people our age there that saw that. And I just don't know still how that plays nowadays to a younger crowd. Anybody, I, you know what? I think people, uh, priests doing shenanigans when you know they're con men is like universally Methodist. Fun. Next time, Methodist. Okay, pal of mine. <laughs> all right, all right. Not be shushed by men. I would put them in the in the grand pantheon of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. as con. Because they headbutt that guy immediately. Showing that these are not necessarily kung fu priests. No, they're they're but they take no shit. Yeah, they just smoking cigarettes the entire time during the workout scenes. That cracked my shit up because they're dressed like old timey boxers. And I can say the mustache soul patch combo that Thomas Lennon is 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 wearing because again he is above the age of forty. You don't rock a mustache, you wear it. Mm -hmm. He's wearing it well. And then again, like hey, can we shoot a scene where we're cops and priests in a titty bar? Yeah. Can we wear, like, funny mustaches and have, like, awesome accents? Can can I talk like this? Uh, Yeah, let's do it! Hell yeah! Sign me up! It's basically getting together. That's what Thomas Lennon and all those people do when they want to have some shenanigans. But Mm -hmm. they just make a movie, and we get to reap the the fruits of it, which is always kind of nice. Enjoy their funny ideas. Uh, Again, I had so much fun with this. So ultimately... um, as we go, oh God, okay, we've covered Shaun of the Dead, uh-huh. Hatchet 2, uh-huh. Once Bitten, uh-huh. and now Hell Baby. We've really kind of explored a lot of stuff from the 80s on up. And we also covered, okay, with Shaun of the Dead, we got zombies covered. Yep. Uh, with Tucker and Dale, we got Hicksploitation covered. Well, that was during um, In the Month of March Madness. Oh, that's, that's right, that's right, that's right. Hatchet, Hatchet two. 2. With Hatchet 2, we had slashers taken care of. Um, Supernatural slashers. Right. Then we had vampires taken care of. <laughs> Definitely. And now we had demonic possessions taken care the of. The Rectus Dominus, right? Rectus Dominus. Which goes to show that you can kind of inject comedy into pretty much any of the genres. Mm-hmm. Now, how much, again, comedy you inject into it ultimately, and again, trying to find the balance, I can say, much like Once Bitten, this airs more on the side of comedy than horror. So let me ask you something. So since you enjoyed it so much, yes. and I think I think we both have shared that kind of humor and sensibility, and I'm sure a lot of people do because the state wouldn't be so popular. Reno mm-hmm. 911 wouldn't be so popular as it is now. Why do you think, like, even if you talk to, like, Hardcore horror people about Hell Baby. I'm sure people have never even heard of this movie until right now we're talking about it. It's 
I again, I knew of the, and you know what? I can't even say I've seen Bad Milo. I've 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 seen Bad Milo. I've, I've seen Bad seen Milo too. Okay, but I mean, is it because it's like the cult of the state? I or? think it's because of the people involved in it. Um, at the same time. 2013 I'm not even I'd have to do a little research to see if this got a theatrical run because I saw it when it first came out on uh, I think it was Netflix okay when they first uh, put it out and because I remember on disc or streaming on streaming okay because I remember like seeing like oh directed by starring by Thomas Lennon and I'm like it okay, checks off all those cool, things let me check it out because I like their stuff and like I'm like okay and I think at the time I was watching Children's Hospital and Adult Swim and things like that so I was all ready for it. It's going, again, not on a tangent here, but that connective tissue of children's hospital and horror comedies. Have you ever seen uh, Final Girls? Yes. Oh, with Malin Ackerman? Of yes. course I've seen Final I saw it with you in the theater. No, 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 no. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, we saw Final Girls in the theater. That's Tragedy Girls. No. No, okay. You know, yeah, no, I, I have not seen that in the theater. Yeah, we have. I have not. We saw it. Was it a tapcade? No, no Tapcade was Tragedy Girls, but I know we saw Final Girls. There was one that played like that through the. It was Dustin. Was it you that saw me in Final Girls, <laughs> Malin Ackerman? You probably went because of Malin Ackerman. <laughs> I would kill my family to spend one that entire the, bit the, on show. Yes, so ridiculous. But I. That's another one that is more of a comedy than a horror film, ultimately. Mm-hmm. But they share that interesting connective tissue from that. I know you watched the Heart She Holler. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Again, horror comedy. Oh, that that's Lynchian level horror right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my lord. You know they really Another adult swim jam. Those people the uh, the brothers that are making that, they were they do not make this tongue in cheek. This is their idea of like serious drama. Like American Gothic. The same thing with um um oh my god, um uh, Wonder Chosen. Oh, oh god. That was their idea of a legit so that's the same guys. That did that. Yeah, it's, oh my, that is next level weird. That's more, again, litmus level, litmus level comedy. Mm-hmm. If you get it, cool. If you don't, I totally understand. But we just saw that thing. Um, I just showed you that new thing from the, not new, because it's like all already been and gone mm-hmm. from the guys who did like the children's hospital. Oh yeah, new, with Ray Wise. New with Ray Wise. Yeah. You put him in anything, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> you let him say absurd things. <laughs> Terrible, terrible things, and absurd things, <laughs> and I'm still giggling. I mean, again, that's the power of, and again, that's what I love with a good horror comedy. Whether it's scaring me, whether it's making me laugh, I'm purging, and that's a good thing. And right now, we all need that catharsis right now. And a po boy, and a po. Oh yeah, oh, you know what? That's the best segue because I'm hungry as all get out. Mm-hmm. So um, we are going to be closing out the last episode here in the month of May with a horror comedy. We have some special guests lined up. Now we haven't recorded as of yet, so I don't want to share who it is. Right, but it's going to be fun. It is going to be a blast, and they are on my regular uh, rotation. Cannot wait to talk to them. So this, thank you for introducing Hell Baby into my life, Genius. Mm-hmm. I needed that. So until the next time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius Mickey. And we will see you in your dreams. Mm, oh boy. <laughs>